Welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, the podcast that explains the baffling phenomenon of Ernest P. Worrell in terms even plebeians like you can understand. <laughs> I'm just kidding, listeners. We can't explain any of this. Welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast. This is episode 12, Your World as I See It. I'm your host, Aaron, and this is my lovely co-host, David. What's going on, Aaron? I'm <laughs> delighted to be here. <laughs> And joining us for episode 12 of Your World As I See It is our friend Valerie. Welcome to the program, Valerie. Oh, are we all doing the Aster voice? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, delightful, I'm sure. People have tuned out already to switch this off. Wow, we sound like jerk faces. Yep. Is this sweet. where we sing in three part harmony? Hello. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so this is a weird installment. This is unusual. We're breaking our streak of movies. Yep. And just going back into another bizarre oddity in the Ernest canon. That Could that be any more of an understatement for this title? Bizarre oddity? I thought it was redundant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I almost would say it's not descriptive enough for whatever this thing is. Okay, we will get into your world as I see it. First of all, let's talk to Valerie. Valerie, what was What's your happening, exposure to Ernest? And that. That's a good question, Aaron and David. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I know I saw a bunch of the Ernest movies as a kid. Mm. I never owned them. So either we rented from Blockbuster, which is possible for the Disney ones especially, mm. or my other theory is I had this one uh, Christian summer camp, actually, this is very interesting, that they would just kind of have like a movie area where things would be playing and then you could also be doing other things like crafts. And I feel like I was doing crafts while things like Superman and Flight of the Navigator and probably yes. Ernest were playing yeah. in the background. It was Compliance. It's so like it's so weird to be like these movies were on and I was exposed to them, but I didn't necessarily watch them on purpose. So he's just in your subconscious. He's there. He's there. And That's I there. and That's I know I've seen like I've seen Auntie Nelda, like I've seen Baby Ernest. Like these are things you that I know Ernest. from I'm pretty sure these you, are wait. things I know from childhood. Honestly, I've had a couple of people say that they like like Baby Ernest is like a familiar like wow. visual to them. Baby Ernest. Yeah, I guess that image sticks so. with you. But I know that like I kind of associated for whatever reason Ernest with like Ace Ventura kind of style. Oh, and it was that's like, interesting. It was like my brother's more interested boy in this humor. sort of thing. Sure, yeah, boy sure. humor. Even though like, Ace Ventura was slapstick. my favorite movie when I was 11 years old. Well, you were a little boy, so. <laughs> I, I was not. I mean, there's like the, you know, adult men doing very juvenile humor yeah. is I think what the, I, what the yeah, crossover is there. And I think Ernest is a lot more intelligent and I think you can appreciate that as an older viewer. Like the things right. he does yeah. are at a higher level than the things that Ace Ventura does. Yeah, because now I actually can't watch Ace Ventura her anymore uh when i was a kid i loved it but i couldn't watch it now but what is Ernest, it with gyms you know uh, occasionally someone will have the gall to say to me oh jim bar you kind of like jim carrey and i'd be like take I that back slap you in the I, face yeah <laughs> take you it back dead right now well, i mean there's no comparison the one comparison you could make is that they both, both name jim you're right they yes they both have jim but there are things that they're in where it's just like you know what we're just going to turn the camera on and let jim do his thing yeah like, yeah it's just that's jim true. jimming it up in both cases. Yep. Yeah, so. I know I've seen, I must have seen some of the commercials because I've seen like ah, the, the windows slamming on the fingers and the falling <laughs> yeah. off the ladder. Like this is all very familiar to me, but I, there's not like a 
time and it's place where I can be like, it's not like, I remember exactly yeah. the date and age at which this sure. exposure happened, just yeah. that it happened. I knew who he was. I knew his catchphrase. He's been like periodically injected with Ernest. Yeah. And, ever, and, and I've listened to a lot of this podcast and I'm always like, is that something I'd seen as a child? Mm. What am I remembering vaguely while I was doing arts and crafts <laughs> and something was playing in the distance? And then it just turned out that you had like a macaroni portrait of baby Ernest. That would be amazing. <laughs> I had no idea. And disquieting. So now we've come upon your world as I see it. The 1994 VHS release. Yes. We can't call this a film. We can't call this. I mean, we can call it a video. <laughs> yeah, it's a video. I'm holding it in my hand. 1994, Cardin and Cherry. I got the VHS so we could watch it. And it was warped. It's also on DVD. It's in the box set. Now, when you say it's warped, do you mean like the VHS was not in great quality? Or you mean like this is a bizarre thing and I don't understand uh, it? Well, I meant the first, but you could also say the second thing too. Okay, I'm, I'm going so to say my the second first thing too. note on this special is what is this? Okay, Yes, that is also my first note <laughs> my on first this. My first note. Correct. It's, uh, so we all have the first same. a box around it. We all have the same first note. That's good. This is, this is setting the tone okay, well. Okay, let's explain what it is. Oh, please. Like, and please, then Aaron. we can... I mean, okay, I can so explain. Let's explain, explain, what what let's explain just in the most basic surface level what it is. Uh, that I go. What yeah. it is is a collection of clips. Forty clips. Forty short stories, as the VHS cover describes minutes. it. I still don't know how that was possible. Over there, forty. You know. That's not true. There are forty. Well, there was uh, the title card and <laughs> and Aster's intro. So okay. 40 short clips, let's say ad-length clips. They are completely ad-length, yes. Clips of Ernest and also some of Ernest's family members demonstrating like little peculiarities or just little slice-of-life snippets. Very conceptual. Yeah, of the common people life. Narrated and insulted over by Aster Clement. Are you working class? A common person? I'm not. Find out why on Your World As I See It. <laughs> Which yes. the VHS cover describes as oh, actually, Ernest's overeducated alter ego. I was actually going to ask if you want me to read the back of the Let's box. read the back of this VHS of Your World As I See It that I bought specifically for this podcast. So I'm going to read the, the front of this box first. <clears throat> All right. Your World As I See It. Service mark. Ernest and his unique family this give us true. numerous views of life from the shallow end of the gene pool. Oh, that's very Oh, it rude. actually says that's that? Rude. Over 40 short stories. And I should point out that Ernest's face is circled because, hey, people looking at this on the Blockbuster store shelf, Ernest is in Ernest this, is in this <laughs> printed. <laughs> we got to make sure people know. That's right. the only reason why you would rent it. Correct. Of course. Yeah. Now then, on the back, um, this is from M Shell Home Video yep. in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> it says on the top, starring Jim Barney. Is it? it uh, yeah. Is it now? You don't say. <laughs> well, who else is it starring? Literally uh, no one else no one but else. Jim Barney, yeah. but there are about some, six characters. Some stock music, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, go ahead. Oh, sorry. So the back of the box, yes. As seen through the eyes of Ernest's overeducated alter ego, Aster Clement will attempt to unlock the sociological mysteries of our times. Now, I'm going to interject right there. That's not a complete sentence. <laughs> I will continue. <laughs> Grandma, what's that? Aster will describe a unique event or ritual that lies at the very heart of the common man's existence. Then Ernest... I love that somebody's trying to explain what this is for the VHS cover. That's you know, what's I, happening right now. I, I give them props. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Then Ernest, with the help of his family members, also played by Jim Varney, <laughs> will bring that ritual to life with nonstop slapstick comedy action. We've lost Aaron. 
Over 40 stories. No, it's not over. Hundreds. It's not over 40. Hundreds of laughs, guys. Hundreds. hundreds. Of they laughs. counted. Hundreds. They had the clicker. Over two laughs per story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good. That's uh, how math works. <laughs> but just one Ernest. Ah, uh, that's not true. There's Ernest and baby Ernest. And then you fail. And then there are some pull quotes from literally no one. Okay. Um, oh, that's right. There are quotes on the back, like of reviews attributed to no one. And they're not no quotes. They're more like descriptions, right? Correct. The attribution to no one is a theme that will continue, and I will bring it up again later. Okay. So the first one is quote. Americana as mom, apple pie, and white bread. Once again, not a full sentence. Americana as, yeah, that doesn't make sense. Yes. The second one, quote, the everyday existence of an extraordinary family, close quote. Uh, Okay. So let's talk about Ernest's family for a second. Yeah, okay. So Ernest's family, in your world as I see it, we are introduced to his brother, Koi. Oh, is that his brother? Okay, because I had a you know theory what? about who we, Koi it is. It never says, in the actual video, it's never said that we'll they are that. related. However, the VHS cover tells us that it's Ernest's family members. So we can only assume that the man that looks exactly like Ernest, only different, is Ernest's brother. I have a different theory. Oh, boy. Well, so, so, oh, okay. Although, hang on. Like, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> We're already. I, I, I have oh, a lot no, of theories. Oh, no. Guys, guys, we're already down the rabbit hole. There's no going back from this okay. point. I have okay. so many okay. theories. So okay, so the people in this Aaron, video. Who is in this video? Okay, yeah. Who's the, in this video? Ernest. Yep. Aster Clement, his overeducated alter ego, which I have a bunch of questions about calling him that. Correct. Auntie Nelda. Yep. Of course. Baby Ernest. Yep. Bunny Jeanette. Yep. And Koi. Yep. Koi is a person's name. That's not K-O-I, that's C-O-Y. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's five characters plus Aster Clement bookending the whole series of shorts. Yeah. Now from there, who is on the cover of this box? <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see who's on the cover of the, let's see. I would assume just like all those characters we just yeah, named, right? Well, and, we got, we got and, Ernest. And no one else. Ernest. Yeah. Auntie Nelda. Correct. Aster. Mm-hmm. Great. Koi. Mm-hmm. Bunny Jeanette. Yep. Okay. Woody the Ventriloquist Dummy. Does oh, not wait, appear he, in this video. Is he in this nope. video? Not no? at all. Nope. Oh, okay. Dr. Otto. Possibly not an alien. Not in this video. Yes. Oh, that's um, who that was. And Pop is on the cover. <laughs> Pop is also not also, in this video. Pop is not in this I'm, video. But I uh, know he's in other things that yep. I've heard you talk about. So. Correct. So this, that's the fun. photo on the VHS is the photo that we had discussed previously. That's the other thing. So this okay. is the photo that is from that press kit. And it's labeled we... the Worrell family on the press kit from Cardin and Cherry. We posited that it was a unproduced pilot for like a Worrell family sitcom. <gasps> that's what I think it this is. This all makes sense It's starting to make my sense, theories. right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's what I think this is because we've got the little snippets of Ernest's family members. Like, look how hilarious they are also. Right. Like You're positing that your world as I see it is a collection of pitch material for a world family sitcom. Am I understanding you correctly? Yes. Not necessarily, but I still feel like they were involved in it's some possible. kind of pitch. I and mean, I mean the, the Aster wraparounds are, you wonder if they're added after the fact or... They definitely seem to be added after the fact. I, I thought a few things. I thought maybe it was a part of something larger, like a new show that never got made. Maybe it they... was just bits that got cut from other projects and they're yes. like, these are classic Jim Varney. We got to do something with them. How can we package yeah, these together? Yeah, Jim did such a great job. But <laughs> the whole, like, your world as I see it, like, it felt very interstitial, like the Absolutely. little things that would play before a commercial break. Yeah, yeah. 
As part of like a larger sketch show. That's what I thought. Like maybe there was some other program that these were made for and then it never happened or never aired. And then they just compiled it all into one video and released it. As confusing, as confounding as this video is. So very. I love it. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't understand what I'm looking at. No. But do you need to understand it? Or can you just appreciate the Varney? I can do both. I, I don't need to understand it. I mean, the, the explanation that is given is sufficient. Aster is explaining the common life. It's great. I love it. Period. End of podcast. This is, <laughs> this is mostly Aster Clement. That's true. This is Aster Clement, constipated in your world as I see it. <laughs> I love Aster Clement. We only the only other time we've seen him is in Ernest Saves Ernest Christmas. Saves Christmas. Yeah. And now all of a sudden in oh. 1994, and this is a 1994 release. I don't know if we said that. We did. He's back and just hosting this special. But in Christmas, was he pretending to be him? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ernest, yes. And Ernest is also that. pretending to be Auntie Nelda. Yes. That's why it's confusing that he's called Ernest's alter ego. Like, is Ernest playing Aster? That was my question. Okay. <laughs> oh man, this is so. <laughs> We, so if it is, that's great. Because the box t- is telling us that it's earnest. Right. And we've talked about how... <laughs> the box is saying a lot of things that aren't true. We've talked about how, like, Astro Clement <laughs> is probably that. not a whorl. But in this context, it's like, is he even a human being? <laughs> of course he's a human. He's not an alien. No, no, no. Or but I mean, is, like... Is he a real person? Is he a real person? Yeah. Well, when I watched it, I thought he was a real person separate from Ernest. I did, too. Because they're different. And Ernest is, like, sort of dumbed down in this to make everything <laughs> Astor's saying, like, even more apt. Yeah. And uh, there's always so much we have to, like, infer from, like, <laughs> nonsense descriptions. Like, if it didn't say well, yeah. that on the back of the box, I would just be like, oh, yeah, Astor Clement, sure thing. I think what they're just saying is that... who studies the I think they're the just saying folk. this is also played by Jim Varney. I, I, that's that's what also saying. possible, yeah. So I think Astor's a different person in this. In I, Christmas, he's earnest. My brain remember. would like to agree with that, yeah. so it will. I don't think blurb writers necessarily know what they're talking about. It's yeah. more like what can sell the movie. But sure. I think they definitely were like, this is Ernest's family. Like, Coy and Bunny Jeanette come off as Worrells. I would agree with that, yes. They in the way that like they, they act. They have things in common with Ernest as if they came from the same family. I think it's important to point out to the listeners, at no point in this video are Auntie Nelda, Bunny Jeanette, or Coy ever referred to by the name Worrell. No. Okay, let's just get into the thingies. The thing- can can we talk about our reaction to Aster? No, you said you love him. I love him. Aster is just like, yeah, overeducated rich. Of course I play Monopoly with real buildings. He wears a suit and he sits in a big leather chair with a bookshelf behind him. and Like, like a globe. Masterpiece Presumably, theater music playing. There's a roaring fire somewhere just <laughs> off yeah. screen. And um, he just pontificates about uh, common people. The frightening thing about actually having found a mate is the very real danger they may reproduce in your world as I see it. <laughs> I had two reactions to him. You thought it was hot, right? Smoking hot. Smoking hot, yeah. <laughs> that, that wasn't one of the reactions I was gonna mention, but sure. No, I, I either wanted to like sip white wine and just sort of nod along, be like, you're right, Aster, you're right. Or I wanted to punch him in the face. And over the course of the video, it kind of came and went. I was like, wine, face punching, wine, face punching. (laughs) He kind of draws you in and you're kind of like, yeah. He draws you in and then you're like, wait, the things he's saying are awful. They're funny, but they're just the worst. (laughs) Aster is 
so mean. Yeah. You know what I'm like, So mean. It just, Aster insults them. They do something. Aster insults them again. He like, he bookends all the clips of Ernest and Coy and Bunny, Jeanette and Baby Ernest and Auntie Nelda. He just bookends all these clips with insults. And laughter. I mean, you wrote down, what is, you wrote down some of his insults. Like, Oh, I did. I had multiple lists of insults because as I was taking notes, he kept insulting them more. So I was yeah. like, I'm out of space. <laughs> okay, so in uh, Aster's world, the people in the video are um, plebeian. Baseborn Commons. Baseborn I used to play. I used to play Commons. cricket at the Baseborn Commons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I think he says clownish, brood, uh, witless. Yeah, and then he'll say things like gagging through your world, <laughs> constipated in your yeah. world, suffering through your world. But, but then he also calls them because this was my other list of insults: cranially lame. <laughs> Vulgarian. Vulgarian. I like that a lot. Red nice. Necus Americanus. Yeah. Which feels like, like a Wiley Coyote like designation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Laggards, wanton rabble, <laughs> roughshod royalty. That's the one I was like, roughshod royalty. Like roughshod means that you're wearing like horseshoes or like rough shoes. Yeah. Rough sturdy oh, okay. shoes. Yeah, the literal definition. Uh, and simpleton savants. Uh, like, he's sort of getting very alliterative at one point. <laughs> I mean, but... <laughs> simpleton savant kind of stuck with me just in the way that's like, oh, that's, that is earnest. that's an apt yeah. description of the guy. <laughs> True. He, well, the first thing Aster says in this entire video is, are you working class a common person? I'm not. <laughs> That's his first line. And then it just, it's more insults from there. Yep. Not only does he insult them, he insults us, the viewer, sure. constantly. Yep. And he has a toothy grin and, <laughs> and uh, you know, staples his fingers and just a uh, voice dripping with disdain. Yeah, he staples his fingers <laughs> constantly and like those little points. Like, <laughs> Laughter. He's wearing the, his bling, his Jim Barney bling. That's true. He's got a nice watch. I love that. Ernest that Aster wears just one of Jim Varney's rings and Koi wears like all of them and all of Jim Varney's jewelry. I love that they were just like, hey, we want this character to look trashy. Jim, just wear all your jewelry. Like, what? (laughs) Wait a minute. No problem. Uh, Okay. I mean, we've talked about this a little bit in past episodes, but what Aster feels like to me in the context of this thing mm. he feels like the people who look at Ernest and go oh I immediately know what this is yeah he exactly without is like that. watching He's it totally like he is like a personification Ernest. of that yeah I mean let's start going through the thingies like most of the clips are dominated by Ernest and then there's a few Coys right few Bunny Jeanette I actually wrote it down there's uh out of the 40 uh short, short stories. stories quote unquote <laughs> uh 21 are Ernest Six are Koi, five are Bunny Jeanette, five are Baby Ernest. Mm-hmm. So technically you could say there's 26 Ernest. All right. Uh, and then three are Auntie Nelda, far too few for mm. the best character ever. Oh, well, it's okay. <laughs> I, you know. Go figure. A lot of these are ad gags. Like the first one that Ernest does is the pizza logic where he's explaining economics right. via like cutting a pizza into fractions. An alleged economist. That's what Esther calls him. Like yeah. there's only a tiny fraction left over for what Ernest says is your kid's education yeah he breaks down i guess where your paycheck goes every month and his math is 25 percent or a quarter to shelter 50 percent to your bass boat okay which is really specific um all about that 64 percent was to like paid tv and video rentals and a couple of other like entertainment references yeah and then uh that adds up by the way to 139 percent of a pizza I was curious. Uh, um, carry the one. And then already. the little sliver that's left is for your kid's education. And uh, one of my favorite quotes that made me laugh was a. Uh, 
That's okay. Army will do her good. <laughs> yeah, which was like, oh, is Ernest about sending our daughters to the army? Clearly. Yeah, yeah. because the bass that's boat's fair. super expensive. <laughs> yeah, you need your bass Priorities, boat. man. I love he, he reassures, he's like, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Army will do her good. <laughs> and he also eats the portion of the pizza you know I mean? that is yeah. for your child's education. <laughs> this, is, this is true. Is that a subtle commentary on Ernest's own uh, relationship with um, education. higher education as a institution? Yeah, he's, he's like, it's all right. Really, you can do without that. <laughs> and then it's social etiquette, Ernest drinking out of the punch bowl, saying superb in the exact same Aster voice. And then it cuts back to Aster. And I'm like, they sound the same. Superb. A matter of opinion. Aster Clement here. It, there is some of that overlap, and it's very weird at times. The chessboard. I do think Ernest <laughs> is dumbed down in this, because when he plays chess in this chest. video, he calls he's, it chess, which yes. he's never done before. He's, and then he says, he it, says it, it requires millinery know-how. Like, he knows what military is. And millinery, for the record, is uh, knowledge of women's hats, that, we should say. That's very He's going to add that to my vocabulary yep. list. Yeah. Um, he's dumber in, in He this. plays chess like checkers and jumps yeah, the he to the end. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's it's weird because he like he hits himself in the face a lot in this one and he plays with things in a way that he's never really before. Like he has a, like this little toy that when you push the button, a laugh comes out and he's like delighted by that in a it's more like the faces he makes dumber faces in this than usual. Part of me feels like you're correct, but I also feel like it's more like they just sort of cherry picked. See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> the, yes. the dumbest Ernest clips, because we should say- As Aster had hours of footage of Ernest just going about his day and yeah, pick the dumbest things to insult. He has to make his point. Like, At least like, I would are... say half a dozen of these though are like, if not pulled from ad footage, then they're like exact recreations yeah, yeah. of it. Because there are at least one or two where it has the little cardin and cherry bug in the yeah, corner. Yeah. I'm like, there's a couple that's go, just guys. from Havern, it's Ernest. Yeah. Uh, there's one that's from Havern, it's Ernest, and there's one that's just an ad that Havern's Ernest reused, and then this reused. Is that the uh, Valentine's Day candy head box? No, that's the bunnies eating the oh, Easter yes. bunnies. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> they reuse the ad where Ernest eats the Easter bunny's eyes first, the chocolate bunny, I should say. Which, why Which is a valid way to eat an Easter bunny, I will say. You're speaking from experience here. Yes. Right. Well, I, I would do one of two things. Either I'd just go right for the face and bite it off, which sometimes Why? made me feel bad because the eyes and the little bow tie <laughs> and sometimes the little flower buttons are made out of like sugar candy. But the whole thing is candy. The whole thing is chocolate. <laughs> but the sugar candy you want to eat. So sometimes I just pluck the so eyes out. So you understand, out. Ernest, your eyes first. And the eyes them. have yeah. it. Okay. The eyes have it. The yeah. eyes have it. So Aaron's been calling these little shorts by name. They all have names except for the first pizza one, bizarrely. Weird, yeah. I actually don't know the names. I didn't write them down. They're very like practical. You've been saying them almost verbatim. Like the first one is called social etiquette, then, okay. and then it's chessboard. The board, of course, spelled B O R E D. I, I did the first few, uh, but that's of course it. it did. This whole compilation is set up like an ad compilation. Like if you've seen Best of Ernest Volume One or whatever the heck yeah, it's called, yeah, they're titled. Like they're the titled titles will come up because you know you give every spot a title so that you know what one to refer to, yeah. and they all have those same kind of titles. It's early '90s like Macintosh font. It's very weird. Maybe this really was part of a longer program, or maybe they were just like, "Hey, we know how to do ads. Let's like do some like just ad demo form reel, thing to have like Aster. yeah, exactly." Because Jim was like, I'm bored. Like, can I do anything? Chessboard, yeah. <laughs> can I do another character? Yeah. It feels like ad world stuff, but it's they're not advertising anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. It's, it's ad world stuff, but they're not advertising anything. Hence, what is this? <laughs> I mean, again, I love Aster Clement. The Would you great... say he's smoking hot? Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I would. <laughs> Those were your words. I'm, I was like, Those what's up, Jim Barney? I was like, hey, Aster, what up? He looked good, yeah. 
I will I'm, say above Aster Clement that I think he's new money because is that spelled N U? No. Okay. This new money. I don't think he's old money. I think he's way too proud of his yeah. status. Sure. He's not over it. He's not over the theatrics of his. <laughs> you don't his say. Too event. much disdain for yeah, the I think place he's, where he I came from. I think he's from. got new money and he's just like being a real jerk about it. He's sure. Like also his hands are not the hands of an aristocrat. I will just say that. His hands are front and working, center. Working hands. They are working hands. Yeah. So Jim Varney did not get a hand replacement to play that role. <laughs> no. They didn't do like a, a who's lines in any way sort of <laughs> oh, yeah. situation. Yeah, chef. No, he's got working man rugged calloused hands. I mean, don't Yum. misunderstand <laughs> my befuddlement as not having enjoyed this piece because oh, no, no, no. I, I very much did. No, no, no. That not. being said, I don't know, know what, what it is. is. I know. If anyone, by the way, Please, knows what this for is. the love of all that is <laughs> yeah. holy. I'm really going to try to find out and hopefully in their extra where we revisit this, maybe we'll have some kind of answer. The other baffling thing about this video is there's no credits. But it ended up on DVD, <laughs> Who, but there's... In compilation with other Ernest stuff. It's, it's just there. Uh, the, yeah. I see the it. The DVD is. is literally, it, it looks like someone like pulled it. like a VHS master. But it's like, I can't even look at like, who made this? Like, I, it says Cardin and Cherry in the titles, but like... What? What? A, what? A, ah. So, um, this is a lot of stuff, and we're all over the place because there's no plot. Um, let's explore character. Let's go character by character. Sure. We know and love Ernest. Yep. Aster, we will continue to revisit. We know and love him as well. Koi is new. Koi has never appeared in anything Ernest. That's true. Even Bunny Jeanette was like a little bit character in Scared Stupid. He was mm -hmm. one of the personas that Ernest took on. It's a great bunch of guys. When he fought trolls <laughs> or explained the Ottoman Empire to a child. <laughs> so we've seen her, uh, but we've never seen Koi. So Koi. I'm going to take the VHS cover's word for it that this is Ernest's family and Coy seems related to Ernest. He appears to be a mechanic. He works yeah, at a garage. He's got kind of like a greaser he's vibe to him. Blue, it is, yeah, he's a greaser. He's got greasy hair. There's always like rock and or roll playing behind him. Like It sounds vaguely Elvisy. Elvisy rock and roll. Actually, he, maybe his hair is trying to approximate Elvis. I think El that's also the Elvis case. Hair. <laughs> he's always sneering like Elvis, kind of. Yep. He's got a name patch right, that well, says Coy on it. Which feels very mechanic-y also. He's a mechanic. One of the, I'm going to say one of the ads. It's not an ad, but one of the clips, he says, Hey, Bubba, run get that broke one out of the dumpster. Looks like we got us a customer. Pockets just a bulging. Credit cards out the great divide. Got lollipop wrote all over his face. He makes it sound like they're going to rip off the customer that they had. Right. Yeah, and he says the customer looks like a lollipop. And yeah, I didn't understand I didn't know what that. that. Meant. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, he wants guys, to rip them off. The customer is a sucker. Oh, oh. <laughs> well done. Jeez. No, I did not get that. Okay, you know what? Aster does say something extremely appropriate about the things that the morals say, specifically the common person. Common persons, such as yourselves, often communicate in a language similar to English. These phrases are melodious and colorful, but difficult to understand. That's Ernest. And Ernest I feel Ernest. like that's exactly, that's a great description of the way Ernest talks. Absolutely. Like, sometimes Ernest will say things and we'll be like, is that some kind of Southern color, like, phrase that we just don't understand? Yeah. And that's a great description of it. It is melodious and colorful and pleasant to the ears, but we don't know what it means. Correct. <laughs> He's got lollipop written all over him. It's sort of <laughs> like that. What else does Koi do? Oh, Koi is like a giant tattoo that says Raynette. On Rayette, his, yeah. Oh, Rayette on his arm, and it turns out that, like, in a spot about love, he says something like, hey, as soon as my divorce is final. He's always talking to someone off screen called Anita. Yeah, Nita. 
I thought it was Anita. Anita. I mean, I think it's like Anita. apostrophe N-I-T-A. Oh, sure. Like, Anita. hey, Anita, come over here. Yeah. Which is also made me think, of course, he's related to Ernest. He's talking to someone off screen all the time. I have things to say about that okay. for all of these characters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jim Barney's always talking to somebody, but he doesn't actually need them there. Like, right. I'll be talking to somebody, but it's just me, right? Like, uh, we don't need anybody yeah. else but me, of course. Well, Koi says that uh, after the divorce goes through, he's yeah. going to change Rayette's name to a uh, little girl riding a dress. Dragonfly. No, why not just change it to Anita? Right. That's but what I thought. I wonder if he just has realized the mistake of writing a woman's <laughs> name on his arm. Just don't write a woman's name. Like, no, I'm not going to do that again. Little girl writing a dragonfly. That's a keeper. Because then he's like, is that love or what? Like, wait, Koi. I think what it is is to cover up a tattoo, you need to have something larger than the tattoo that exists. No, I and understand. Anita's name, real big letters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you could still cover it up with Anita. Eh, I don't know about whatever. A girl riding a dragonfly would be easy. Well, what I was gonna say was the other thing that we know that or that we can infer from the art appreciation spot is that Nita is also heavily tattooed. Yes. Oh, that's right. What's the art appreciation spot? So Koi is reading uh, the local penny saver. Actually, actually, totally related. It's more like a tabloid. Actually, he's reading a tabloid called the Weekly Intruder. Yes. (laughs) Which is Ernest is also seen reading. Correct. He's telling Nita that if you have a tattoo with like a certain number and a certain letter, you can win like a camper. A pop up camper. Gretchen and the number seven. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Okay. You can win a pop up camper, and then he's like, "That's worth getting another tattoo, isn't it? We can find a bare spot somewhere." Yeah. She's heavily. Yeah. The palms of her hands is the suggestion. Yeah. She's an illustrated woman. Is that like love that. or what? Akoi also like has a case of Elvis leg, and when he's introduced That's, to us, this is the first time we ever see Koi is in a spot called the Man Who Would Be King. Uh huh. And in in introducing that spot, Astra even does like a little lip curl when talking about. Is that the one where he talks about like the phrase you said earlier, uh, something royalty? I think roughshod so. royalty. Roughshod royalty, royalty, yeah. Yeah, and then cut to Koi, and he's asking Anita out. He's got his fake Elvis music playing in the background, and he's like, oh no, it's Elvis leg, and his leg just starts <laughs> doing the Elvis wiggling, <laughs> and he's just like, Elvis leg. I can't control it, baby. Every time I get this, I feel like the king. Tell you what, how about we hop in the car and go get something cold to drink to cool off? You drive, I can control this. Can I tell you my koi theory? Please do. Based on this short. Okay. (laughs) So we see in this bit, he's got an Elvis leg. He's clearly an Elvis fan. Yep. And then later, baby Ernest, we see has an Elvis mobile. That's right. Yeah. So he's got the thing above his crib. Baby Ernest has the thing above his crib that spins. Which I believe says heart Elvis at the top. Wait a minute. He's got pictures of Elvis. So my theory is koi is baby Ernest's dad. (laughs) No! Not allowed? Have we met Ernest's dad before? (laughs) No, we never have. And he would still be in the rural family. Oh my god. I'm only being quiet right now because I'm so intent on keeping Aaron's volume levels normal. (laughs) Go ahead, David. Uh yep. I so would that mean Bunny is his mom? No. No, no, no. Anita's his mom. Or I think these are contemporary. I don't think Koi is Ernest's father. So because but baby Ernest is contemporary at the same time Ernest I have is. questions right. about where baby Ernest exists, once again, in space and time. <laughs> right, because baby Ernest is in this and Ernest is in this. They're clearly both Ernest. The other day, my daddy held up my diaper and said, look what my little baby Ernest made for me. 
that's true. This is Ernest. this is the first confirmation we get that Baby Ernest knows its own name is Baby Ernest. He's also wearing like a baby's cap, like that's a baseball true. cap, instead of like yeah. His outfit's a little bit different yeah. than uh, in Hey Vern. He's definitely Ernest. Yeah. I assumed that Koi was Ernest's older brother, and I assumed that Bunny was his older sister. I like when I looked at them both. I said, "Okay, Ernest is the baby of this family, right? Koi's the oldest, or Bunny not can be the oldest, but Ernest is definitely the baby." And then we got little baby Ernest, right? Koi, I think just from the technology around Koi, I assumed he was contemporaries with Ernest. Sure, but that's that's very interesting. It says a lot of terrible things about Koi because we we assume that Ernest's father was a his papa was a Rolling Stone. See, I think all of the context clues that you're using to make the theories about Koi and Bunny Jeanette are very uh, solid. But I really like Valerie's theory. I like <laughs> my theory too. Well, hey, but, no, Elvis but, we, but we do know brings that- everyone together. But they could have both been raised on Elvis. That's what the I've, thing. Like, but if this is more fun. I know. Speaking like, of traveling through space I and time. I think it's just the time. Like, he doesn't look like he's in a different time period than Ernest. That's true. Creasers are timeless. Can we talk about how <laughs> the Ernest Brain Trust traveled forward in time to hear me flippantly talk about Elvis not being part okay, of, the, of the Ernest right? canon? Okay, yeah, and, a couple of and episodes. And we now were just it is like, <laughs> It will not mind. stop coming when up. When I watched this, Why? I was like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Like two episodes ago, we were all of a sudden, we were like, we never talked about Elvis before, right? Now all of a sudden we're talking about Elvis. We watched this. There's multiple Elvis There's so much Elvis like, in this. What is happening right now? It's just to spite me from what was the past. Was your mind the blown? Yes. You're like, wait, what? We all of a sudden, this is my we noticed note. there like being Elvis references in the movie Ernest Rides Again. And we were like, okay. this is weird because we've never really talked about Elvis before in the Ernest universe. And all of a sudden, there's a ton of Elvis stuff in your world as I see it. And our brains explode. <laughs> so the first thing that comes up with Elvis in this is the Koi sketch, The Man Who Would Be King. My notes on that are, in all caps, Elvis, <laughs> period. Okay, period. I have Quote, Elvis. Elvis leg. <laughs> Period. He's the king. I have Elvis you know I mean? and a thousand exclamation points. Yes. All right. And then baby Ernest has the, yes, the thing above his crib with Elvis on it. And that one is called uh, Early Achiever. And my notes on that are more Elvis, period. It's an Elvis mobile, period. Ha 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 ha, et cetera. And baby Ernest says, Elvis. Yeah. Elvis. And then, like, oh, and no, what and then, the hell? He's like, Scylla, give me a bottle he, or something. He, he goes he full on Elvis. into he an Elvis impression. Elvis. The baby does an Elvis impression. Thank you very much. Yeah. Scylla, give me a bottle. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't know what's happening. I don't. Well, okay. So the thing about Koi. Yes. Okay. I would not be surprised if Ernest's dad was very similar to Koi. That is the thing. When I saw Koi, whether it's his father or brother, when I saw Koi, I said, oh, this is who Ernest is always trying to be when he is trying to His be super masculine. masculinity, And he's always like pretending to be a tough guy and like have all this like Drives mechanical cars, no, uh, discard likes stuff. Elvis. That's the, like the kind of rugged. What and I that write? could be aspiring to be an older brother or, or father. a father who went missing from the picture. It works for both. <laughs> Ernest, why can't you be more like your brother? Koi, like he- Ernest, why can't you be more like your father? Like he's Pops. like that, yeah, he's Pops that- world. The rugged, brutish rube that- Ernest is always like sort of pretending to be, but Ernest is a little too odd and a little too particular in his interests to be that exactly. I mean, but he pretends to be it. Ernest is the smart one in the family. That, he doesn't know that. I'm aware of that. <laughs> That's the sad thing. It's like fascinating. I was starting to see like the dynamics of this family, and I was like, sure. okay, little baby Ernest wanted to be like Koi, and he's just not. 
Well, so in some ways he is, but in other ways it's really, really. So not. here's the other confusing thing because you're saying, okay, Koi can't be Ernest's dad because the settings that he's in and what he's I'm working on are contemporary. He can't. I'm not saying you're he can't, but like unlikely. I just don't see it. Like I don't know. That's a, the thing. Ernest's father. I feel like he. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, Ernest does say my dad used to work on them. Like his dad was a mechanic. Oh, that's so, right. I mean, oh, but Koi. Theory point one. <laughs> I think it could be. I just. I just didn't get that feeling. That's all I'm saying. Sure. But you could say that Koi came out more like Ernest's father than Ernest did. Sure. And Ernest think, fell short. I think it's funny sometimes, and it's gotten easier for me to figure out the further into this podcast we go, but sometimes you posit things that are very much based on a feeling, and I have to like parse like, wait, but that didn't actually happen. <laughs> it's just my it's emotions. Just, it's just Aaron's like, um, like I just feel guts. like I'm tuned she into Ernest's She has a connection soul. that we no, just that's, can't yeah. understand. But like, it took me until like, what is this, episode 13? <laughs> To have like um, a clearer like read on like yeah, twelve. Okay, Erin is saying that and it makes sense, but I need I need my brain to be aware that that didn't actually happen. No, no, it didn't there's happen. No, I'm there's just no saying these solid things. textual evidence for that. <laughs> it Jim makes Varney it makes sense. Is speaking to Erin, it's speaking through Erin. I think Aaron. is what oh, we can that's say. True, yes. Oh, I don't know that I want that. But. <laughs> well, I mean, let's go on to Baby Ernest then, because there's a few other sketches with him. I guess what I think about Baby Ernest in this context, I was like, okay, I guess this is just old home video of Baby Ernest, but maybe it's all shot by Ernest's Rolling Stone Papa. Yeah, so as, as I was saying earlier, each of these characters kind of does have like an off-screen Vern analog. Baby Co- Ernest is always talking to his He's mama. He's talking to his mama, yeah. yeah. But he does say, my daddy said, picked mm-hmm. up my dirty diaper and said, look what my little baby Ernest loved for me. Boy, is he going to be, be easy to, to shop, shop for. for. He yeah. will be easy to shop for Ernest because he won't be there. Ooh. Oh. Sorry, little that baby Ernest. Bringing the room down. <laughs> yeah. Well. Or you could just give him your poop. I'm sure he'd appreciate it. <laughs> Maybe that's why he left. Yeah. Oh. I got time for this crap. Ernest never got <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's all from David. <laughs> um. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, yeah, baby Ernest. I mean, when we find out that his first words are like, pop me a cold one. <laughs> Mama, daddy, pop me a cold one. Put on some Hank Jr. Yeah, and <laughs> put on some Hank Jr. or something like put that. Put on some Hank Jr. Who's Hank Jr.? Is that like Harry Connick Jr.? No, no it's no. it's Hank Williams Jr. Okay, the, uh, the... okay, okay. Can we just say baby Ernest is a genius? Oh, yes, like, I have that in my notes. He's a talking baby. He's a talking infant to the point where Aster introduces him and says, like, scientists have discovered a talking infant. Yeah. And but then, he's not impressed. He's not impressed at all. Like, the baby Ernest asks, he says, like, what are the questions that baby Ernest asks? So this is in the <laughs> this is in the sketch called Crib Quiz. Uh-huh. Baby Ernest asks two things of the viewer, ostensibly Ernest's mother. Uh, the first one is, can I still call Hank Jr. Bocephus? Can I still call Hank Jr. Bocephus? And I looked, okay. I looked this up, and on Urban Dictionary, the very reliable source, yep. it said, Bocephus is a common nickname for Hank Williams Jr., who got the nickname from his famous father, who looked in the cradle and just called him Bocephus. Whoa! This is so deep! So, a cradle! So he's making a reference to another person who's looking into a cradle <laughs> as a baby. While someone's looking into his cradle. Correct. Yeah, he's a My smart baby. mind is blown. And then the second question that Baby Ernest asks in this sketch is... Are we ready to assume superpower status in a rapidly changing third world global economy? Yeah. And then it gets cuts back to Aster, who just calls it pre-owned recycled pablum. 
pre-owned recycled pablum. See, I love that joke because he like Ernest. He's not impressed. It's, it's such like the thing of like Ernest saying like really smart things in general, yeah, yeah. and then someone be like, "Oh, he he said entrepreneur instead. He's dumb, <laughs> even though he's inventing like brilliant contraptions." Yeah. But then my note is, Ernest "Okay, Bassett. baby, Ernest is a genius for sure." Yes, I know. I mean, we knew this, but yes, yeah. That's what's so tragic about Ernest is the smart one in his family. He doesn't know it. He probably thinks Koi is way better than him. Well, sure. Koi sucks. Uh, I know. Koi did have a wife. So did Ernest in the ads anyway. Yeah. Question for both of you guys. Erin, a little bit more so. Is this Ernest ad Ernest or film Ernest? This isn't film Ernest. Um, I don't think it is either. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I, it's too ad world. But I would say this Ernest wasn't married because he sleeps alone, which I took note of. Because there's a gag where he falls asleep with chewing gum in his mouth. Or as Aster calls it, retiring with gum in one's mouth. And it sticks to the pillow. And he's, I think, ostensibly alone in the bed. So mm-hmm. I would say, oh. Sleeping in his khaki hat. Mm-hmm. He's at Ernest, but with film influences. Like, he's now living a similar life to film Ernest. That's fair. I mean, he definitely feels like the Ernest of this era in Ernest history. 1994 Ernest? Correct. Yeah. This, at this point, Jim Varney will start to age exponentially. Don't smoke kids. Yeah. Really, really don't. So there's uh, one of the other uh, Baby Ernest clips uh, called The Big Chill. Aster refers to to Baby Ernest as, quote, a working class infant with the gift of speech. Yeah, yeah. I love the notion of a working class infant. I guess that's what he's he's got the hat on. Born with Because he's born into a working class family. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there are species to Aster. That's true. Redneckus Americanus. Aster is so rude about the Baby Ernest. He calls Baby Ernest a living, breathing reason for birth control, right? Right? He yes. does. <laughs> like, it's very mean. <laughs> what is Esther it? is a jerk. Yeah. The only other thing that I really have about Baby Ernest is it should be noted that Baby Ernest is subtitled in this. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. My note on that is Baby Ernest with subtitles. Thank God. I wrote Baby Ernest was raised on Elvis. Four exclamation points. <laughs> and uh, Ernest has to be the baby of the family. I've said that. He's the baby. He's the boy. Exactly. Let me take it the moment to compliment Jim Varney's acting. Because I feel like in the last episode, I kind of realized that we have lately been taking that for granted and kind of glossing over the fact that Jim Varney plays various characters. And we just are like, yeah, sure. He actually, he does a great job of differentiating character to character. They're all like vivid and different. And we should clarify, without even changing hats that often. Koi is completely believable. I buy him. I like him. I, I don't know why anyone goes to Bunny's beauty salon. Oh, God. Because well, okay, let's she get does into some Bunny. things. <laughs> let's get into Bunny Jeanette. Please. Honey, you need those eyebrows tweezed, or should I say eyebrow, since you've only got one that runs the entire length of your forehead, but at least you've got a built-in sunshade. <laughs> Bunny's beauty world is like, she apparently has her own salon. She has a framed picture of Ernest in her beauty shop. What I interpreted that as at first was, oh, Ernest's photo is on the wall in case like you want to get your hair cut like Ernest has. But he's wearing a hat. No, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not that. that. It's a family yeah. thing. Like this is my brother. Hmm. I love my brother. I have his photo. It's also a signifier, like a visual signifier that she's related to him. Sure. Oh, that's true. Or that she was dating him. Oh. Now, do we know what oh, Ernest's <laughs> wife's name was in the ad? Edna. Edna, yeah. Oh, uh, no. Edna Bunny probably Again, the Again, it person. just says it's Ernest's unique family. Yeah, your but... family can be your wife. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, man. And it can be your father. <laughs> <laughs> 
This is getting very interesting. No, she's definitely a whorl. The distinction is that they do things that are whorly. Like, Bunny is closer to Ernest than I think so. Koi. For maybe, sure. Maybe well-meaning, we'll- but she's well inevitably meaning. injures people. <laughs> she injures people way worse than Ernest, and she talks in a know-it-all way, in a know-it-all fashion. She does, yes. Even though at times she is not doing things properly. Uh, she is never doing things properly. Well, uh, no, David. She's, she's doing things <laughs> properly until no, like no, no. A, a payoff of like, oh. oh, okay, no, you're actually insane. Oh, God. <laughs> now, honey, sometimes we have to suffer for beauty. You'll have to let that one soak. So she she's just essentially she's tortures. Doing the, she's doing she the nails fine the until the uh, the belt sander comes into the place. She uses a belt sander and a woman's it's nails. It's not a belt sander, whatever it is. It's like a knife sharpening Whatever thing. it is, yeah. it's horrifying. There are many screams of off-screen women. There's off-screen, the off-screen screams. A lot of them. And she, there's sparks flying. She uses like some kind of garden tool like to, to comb rip, hair, to yeah. detangle someone's hair by just like ripping it out I mean, of the I scalp. Had... She kind of, it's also insults people in the way that Ernest often insults Vern. She, that's true. She says, like, hey, you've got, like, a hair growing out of your mole. And then she, like, she says, we'll need to use electrolysis. And she starts, like, drilling at this thing. And she's like, gosh, your roots must go back to colonial days. Well, we're going up to level 12. (laughs) Yeah. The joke is that, I guess, she rips a hole in this person's face. And then says she has to go get the spatula. Oh, Oh. God. When she rips off the eyebrow, it's horrifying. With the clamp pliers, yes. Yeah, she takes pliers and she says, but don't worry, it'll heal over the bone before long. I, that might have been the thing she said that made me gag. I ga- I, li- I physically gagged a few times at Bunny segments because I they're so visceral. I have very naturally curly hair. I just found, I just <laughs> feel like a Peanuts character. That like innkeepers' wives, yeah. But I, my hair is really really curly. I straighten it usually, um, but it's extremely curly, and I have memories of being a little kid and like people combing it extremely painful like trying to detangle it just don't comb curly hair just don't. it's so painful and so when she's like ripping people's hair out i feel it i know what it feels like and it's it's the worst that's what you imagine they are doing to you but she's actually doing it and her off-screen character that she's talking to are the women i guess that she's uh beautifying yeah like we just see the back of the heads and they have curly hair and at first i thought the same woman keeps going back and i'm like have you not learned your lesson? I mean, it's Earl the Barber all over again. I think it's terrible different things women, have happened. But they, it is, like, they have different colored yeah. curly hair wigs. Um, but also, she's probably the only salon in a small I town. I guess they didn't have Yelp back then. And you could be like, <laughs> do not go to Bunny's beauty shop. Like, I like Bunny a lot until she Yelp. used a garden rake to uh, yeah. pull out some of my tangles. And, uh, but you, what you just said is something I wanted to bring up also, which is that Bunny Jeanette essentially has her own Vern, who is this unseen. Well, just like Koi has a series of characters. Yeah. And Bunny has the women that she's beautifying. And baby Mm. Ernest has got mom. They got to talk to someone. They all have women they're talking to. Oh. Oh, interesting. Except for for Ernest. Except for Ernest. Well, we don't know. He's talking to Vern. But we don't know if Vern is a, a man or a woman. (laughs) <laughs> Do we not know that? I'm gonna, I think he's ass- a man. I think we can assume. We've never seen and him. And we don't know who Auntie Nelda is talking to, right? Us. That's true. Auntie Nelda is the only one who... Or, you know what? Auntie Nelda might be talking to absolutely no one. <laughs> or, 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 or one of one her of, dead family members. I was going to say it could be one <laughs> or, of multiple or, dead family members. I think members. Auntie Nelda talks directly to us because they want us to feel that discomfort of being trapped in a conversation with Auntie Nelda. Yep. So I think she is talking to us specifically. Yeah. But the thing about Bunny Jeanette is... She she 
has one of my favorite lines that made me laugh really hard. For some reason, she's talking about hairspray. Mm-hmm. She's like the scientist discovered the secret to beauty, and it's called hairspray. Hair and she spray. says hairspray with reverence and like hair with spray. a little pause that made me happy. And then she says, "Just think of all those third world countries that don't even have hairspray. They have rice, and it doesn't do a thing for your hair." They have rice. Rice. The way she said they have rice made me laugh really hard. It comes out of nowhere. And also it makes no sense. There's a little pause behind it. They don't have hairspray. They have rice. As the daughter (laughs) of a former rice scientist, I can assure you that many third world countries that we're not supposed to call them that uh, do actually have rice and that it's a great food for feeding poor people. Yeah, they do no, have rice. No, but I, it does I'm nothing sure for your rice hair. And it does nothing for your hair. I mean, I, I believe both hair. of those things. I, think I guess they what, might I'm, have what I'm trying spray, to say is Bunny Jeanette is insane. I wouldn't go she that far. She is enthusiastic. She's incompetent. I wouldn't that, okay, say she's okay, insane. So incompetence is more what I'm getting at. She's yes. incompetent in a moral way. And like, she's as incompetent as Ernest, but not as intelligent. Which is a dangerous combination. Yeah, I would mm. agree with that. And I think Akoi is completely average or somewhat below average intelligence, but ultimately harmless unless you want your car fixed. And Auntie Nelda <laughs> is smart but vicious. Auntie Nelda is just a bitter, bitter old woman. Once again, there is not nearly enough <laughs> Auntie Nelda in this uh, this video, this, this home yeah. video well, release. You know, um, okay, Buddy VHS. Jeanette is definitely a bit from Jim Barney's stand-up. Oh, like, is I've that seen true? him do stand-up with Bunny Jeanette. You can find it on YouTube. He does some in like the later 90s. Koi, I'm going to have to assume there's, there has to be somebody like him in Jim Barney's stand-up. Jim Barney's stand-up is mainly him doing characters. Right. Uh, always. It's observational humor with characters like specific types of people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know this type of woman. Sure. The beauty shop brutalizer <laughs> you know her we all know that lady exists it's just a That's character we have of an reviews so we yeah. can avoid her yeah aster's like beauty is in the eye of the beholder but sometimes you have to hold it at a distance she's a sick burn there's a few things that aster says that he says multiple times like they were reuse aster yeah, it's bit. literal reuse he says a. Uh, we must all pay a price for vanity luckily mine's tax deductible yeah, yeah, that's a good line too, actually. Aster Clement and his money. I love when Aster talks about how rich he is. Um, at some point, Aster says something about Koi like, "If he had my money, he'd burn his." My money is better. Dang, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. No, it doesn't. He's because the money so would literally be the same value. It's not like it's Aster rich saying money that he's he's like so above Koi. His that money is better than his money Koi's is better than Koi's, even though it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He's Unless just like better. Dave. Rich yeah. America money, poor America money. Money, but right now, at least, there's not much of a divides, distinction. Yeah. yeah, and then we've got Auntie Nelda. Yes, we do. So Auntie Nelda only gets three sketches, but they are very illuminating. I would say <laughs> there's one uh, that is introduced by Aster, and Aster says, "What attracts one commoner to another, one can only guess." But then he says, "Auntie Nelda thinks she has the answer." And I noticed that when he says Auntie Nelda thinks she has the answer, he makes an Auntie Nelda face. Like, he does. He morphs into Auntie Nelda. It's a little bit weird. It's like Jim Barney couldn't. He thought about Auntie Nelda, and his face just went there. Well, I mean, Auntie Nelda and Aster both have that sort of like like derision yeah. kind of vibe happening. Yeah, they do. They definitely do. So Sometimes both, it's hard. Oh, the one oh. can blend into the other a little bit seamlessly. E- yeah. If you are not careful. Yeah. <laughs> if one is not careful with one's face. Are you referring to the fatal attraction sketch yeah. where uh, Auntie Nelda talks about her? <laughs> her neighbor who. Mr. Oslo or something. Mr. Oslo. I'm assuming he's Norwegian. Who comes to tell Auntie Nelda that? Well, she believes it's that he wants her. Yeah. 
My neighbor, Mr. Oslo, came over because he wants me. He said it was because my cat killed his chihuahua, but I know it's because he wants me as his love slave. I immediately thought of our Haven so Disc Two close. episode. Is that where the where, aliens? Well, no, it was it, me. it's where our our guest Tom was like saying about Auntie Nelda, like I wonder if she was like kind of a wildcat in her youth. <laughs> yeah, and I, I immediately oh, yeah. thought of that, and I was like, all right, I see what's happening. Well, here. she's like, I know he wants me. Who am I to deny a man his like passions or something like that? Yeah, Aster has a real mean line about Auntie Nelda. All of his lines are mean, <laughs> but he mean. says. They say love is blind, and in Auntie Nelda's case, it was achieved with hot pokers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get that. Because the person like saw Auntie Nelda and like poked his eyes <laughs> out. Yeah. He is not a nice guy. Aww. So uh, for the second Auntie Nelda sketch, Dust to Dust, my notes on that are literally just I wrote down everything she says. <laughs> That's the one where she's talking about how her husband's remains are in an urn, right? Her cremated husband. Correct. She's got it in an urn and she had a majong party. Can I, can I just yeah, read yeah, it? Yep. <clears throat> this is my late husband, Morris. I used to take care of him when he was alive. I threw a mahjong party. Someone used him <laughs> as an ashtray. What a relief. I thought he was putting on weight. I took him into the bedroom, lifted the lid Disturbing. to say goodnight, and there's a cigar butt staring at me. And then she turns to the urn and says, sit up. Hold your stomach in. Yeah, that's disturbing. Yes. yes. But, but she, took, she took it to the bedroom to say goodnight. Why? And then even posthumously, she's giving her husband grief about... Uh, well, you get a sense posture, of their relationship. Yeah. You, absolutely. And, <laughs> and she carries him around enough that she noticed he gained the weight yeah, of the, a cigar. I <laughs> pictured Auntie Nelda with like the sack of sand and the idol from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, so disturbing. Well, wait, what was the other one? So the final... Oh, I'm going to say, and Aster's quip on that is the common people, like, they don't bury their relatives, they earn them. Or something. Which but was a weird joke. Nice. Yeah. yeah. What's the other Auntie Nelda sketch? So the other Auntie Nelda sketch is uh, guilty as charged. Where oh! <laughs> Aster says something about guilt in a very smarmy way that I can't remember. Yeah, he says like... Guilt is a powerful emotion, and who better to explain it than Auntie Nelda? <laughs> He's right. There is no one better to explain guilt than yep. Auntie Nelda. That's her entire yep. character. Yep. And then she complains about her son Izzy not visiting... My She's son is he. He never visits. He never calls. And then she says something about like a, a light bulb burnt out like eight months ago. <laughs> yeah. 14 months ago. Something, something like, like that. that. If he loved me, he would change it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh no, is he the dead one? I think that's Jaime. Yeah, we, Jaime. I think, okay. uh, we've established, I think, at this point Jaime's that Jaime the is one. the dead one. Because okay. um, he was the good one. Because I was like, Auntie Nelda, you're never going to get it changed. <laughs> well, not if she waits for a either, visit. Either way, really. But yeah. It's funny because that's Auntie Nelda's bit. that she, She's always guilting people. She's never said so explicitly, if someone loved me, they would do X. It's just always been implied. That's true. Now she's pretty explicit. She's, like, she's usually a lot more passive aggressive, whereas yeah. this is very overt in being like, yo, where you at? Yeah, it's just like, hey, everybody, Auntie Nelda. Like, she's not being subtle. They're just like, this is Auntie Nelda. Yeah. Which makes me wonder, are we introducing her to a new audience for some kind of new show? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
I wonder if Oslo is a character in that show. I wonder if she gets Oslo in the end. Like it's he's called Oslo coming, in the end. He's always, <laughs> Yoinks. he's always coming over because her pets keep eating his pets. I think I saw that at Blockbuster pets. too. Oh boy. And then at the end though, she ultimately wins him over and he doesn't poke out his eyes with hot pokers. <laughs> and at her wedding, she's like, hooray. <laughs> this again, you know, if we're assuming that Koi and Bunny Jeanette are both in the Worrell family, like, We're not what? assuming the VHS cover told us that. So does that mean Auntie Nelda is a whorl? Usually she's not. Usually she's just Ernest in a dress. Correct. Okay, so, and then <laughs> in the Haven, the TV show, she's not related to Ernest. She it's almost, not clear, but everyone calls her Auntie Nelda. The police officer in one episode calls her Mrs. Auntie yeah, Nelda. Yeah, yeah, You know, in the same way that Ernest is kind of like average Joe working class man, like Auntie Nelda feels like the idea behind her is that she's everyone's auntie. Everyone's aunt. Yeah, yeah. Every she's aunt. She's every aunt, yeah. If Auntie Nelda was related, would she be the sister of his mom or his dad based on her personality? Well, based on her appearance, <laughs> if we if we take uh, – so it's tough because part, mom, of, part of my brain wants to say if you look like Jim Varney, you're related to Ernest. But we know that's not, that's true, not true because Dr. Otto isn't related to Ernest no, as no, far no. as we can tell. Aster probably isn't. We have no evidence for him being related. We have no evidence that Aster isn't just Ernest himself. Aster is either Ernest or, Some or sort of a completely different person, yeah. but he's not related to Ernest. But in terms of what we've seen of Ernest's mom, which is a photo of Jim Varney with a wig. <laughs> Although, you know what? I would totally buy that Aster was a Worrell that split off and changed his name, and he is new money, oh, and that's why he's so freaking high and mighty about his family. That's interesting. I'd believe that, too. Like, could there be a he's... distant relative in the family album that he's descendant from? Yeah, I mean, I could see that Aster was a Worrell and just like changed his name to Esther Clement. I believe that. Like I'm like, and now I'm better than them. He put this video together to further distance himself <laughs> yeah. from the family. Like, it's no look, relation. Look at these people. I want to see Esther's like dating phone. video. Like, like, it would be very similar. His profile picture would be <laughs> the inset photo of him on the back of this VHS box. <laughs> He's just like, yeah. I'm very He's got dateable. His finger up to his face. He's just grinning, yeah. grinning away. What a schmuck. <laughs> If you like to sit around in libraries sipping wine and insulting people, because give me a call. <laughs> I mean, I believe that type of person was related to Auntie Nelda. Yeah, I mean, Auntie Nelda, I mean, one of our listeners had a theory that Auntie Nelda and Aster were related, but based on this, or based on she, this, I would say no. Or is but he one of her maybe sons? He, he disowned her and pretends that not to know her. Yeah. Or it's possible. Maybe ex- he's Izzy. Oh, because <gasps> the then that would make him Ernest's cousin. Mm. If we're assuming that Auntie Nelda is Ernest's aunt. If we're assuming for the purposes of this video, I think if this was a pitch for the Worrell family, then yes, Auntie Nelda would have been, been a officially yes. made a Worrell. The dead son. Uh. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he's Jaime. Jaime has Jaime is changed his Aster identity. Is Jaime. Jaime and faked stolen his money own death. at some point along the way. Yeah. Auntie Nelda's son, Jaime, faked his own death. He was the good one, I get maybe the smart one. Faked his own death, changed his name, became Aster Clement, and is now like just putting down his entire family in this video, which I feel like maybe is his Mensa application or something. Valerie, we don't say this on this podcast often, <laughs> but you've blown this wide open. <laughs> Theories are fun. <laughs> I will accept that Aster is Jaime. Interesting. And, and, <laughs> I'm 
so looking forward to writing all of the fan fiction. <laughs> Keep writing that fan fiction, Nathan. I want to read all the fan fictions. Oh, we should talk about Ernest, probably. I mean, the one character remaining is... Yeah, your old buddy Ernest. One thing I noticed in my own notes that I just found the bits with the other characters more interesting, because a lot of Ernest... Ernest? Well, a lot of Ernest's hmm. bits were just like Ernest being funny and silly and there were a couple of good yeah. gags, but not much to the say. The other bits were kind of telling us who the characters were and then Ernest's were just like, he's just doing a thing. But it's not really telling us who he is. I think because we already know who he is. That's what I was, so the, it's this. That's what I'm saying, right? It looks like they're trying to introduce you to these other This insane video characters. is so like weird. Like, because part of me wants to come at it from the mental, from the mindset of what if someone saw this and this was their introduction to Ernest, the franchise. Oh dear. But then the other <laughs> side of me wants to say, this is a pitch for something and you're right, we do kind of already know who Ernest is, so... There's no, like, attempt to introduce Ernest as a character. If no. anything, like, he is the least character-driven person in this entire yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, He's the literally are like, just gags. Yeah, because Koi's bits are like, here's what Koi thinks about politics and everything. Like, there's Absolutely. a great one where Koi, they're like, Koi's giving responses, like, his responses on politics is Nukem. Political views. Eh, Nukem. Personal relationships. Honey, I wouldn't swap you for Anfield tickets at Talladega. Which yeah. I was like, oh, that's kind of thing. Thanks, Coy. And then, like, <laughs> Jeez. and then his opinion on his finance is just like, he drops his wrench. He's just like, I don't take no check. And I laughed, like, really hard at, like, his emotional change. And, and we learn who Bunny is. We learn how she interacts with her yeah. clients and what her beauty tricks are, even if they're the worst tricks ever. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, they involve and flyers and. We even learn about Auntie Nelda in that at least she's talking about her relations. So yeah. We can and, like expand upon and who Ernest she is. is pressing buttons and playing and with a balloon. With You're things. absolutely right. And, uh, he's playing with a sock puppet, which I actually really like. He's doing Bobo. his ventriloquism, Bobo. He's doing. He literally says the words Bobo here, and I was like, oh, <laughs> Harmony somewhere looked up and was like, all right, Bobo, interesting. In Ernest Saves Christmas, she calls Ernest. She calls Bobo. Ernest Bobo. One of my favorite Ernest bits was when he uh, fake sews his hand together with invisible string That's and starts hitting say. himself that in the face. That was one of my laugh out loud moments. Yeah. And it's weird because Astor describes this by saying like Playing with one's extremities takes very little talent Yet it seems to endear the performer to the three-watt audience Which is easily amused He is kind of describing Ernest humor Yeah And saying like Ernest fans are stupid <laughs> basically yeah. Which I thought was fun coming from Jim Barney. Yeah. But like in, in his other bits, but he, he's his like, expressions are adorable. Yeah, like Ernest is pretending that there's string like tying together his different fingers and like pulling on this imaginary string that's pulling his fingers together and apart. And at some point he rigs his hand with his, imaginary yeah, string. Elbow. In such a way that when he pulls it, he just smacks himself in the face. Repeatedly. So, and I laughed out loud when he smacked himself in the face because it happened out of nowhere. Is this a thing, this sort of string? Like, it I've felt to me like, oh, like this before. kind of thing. Like the listeners can't gag, see, but I'm doing the thing where you, you move your hand and it looks like your thumb oh is disconnecting. Oh my God, David's pulling his thumb off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it felt like that sort of thing, but a little trickier because you really oh, sure. have to remember what you did with the imaginary string. Absolutely. It's I almost was, like a mime trick. It was impressive. Like, oh, Ernest remembered the mechanics of of his imaginary string and how he rigged his hand. Like, plus, Astor was Plus, we impressed. get a fleeting glimpse of Jim Larney's luscious locks. <sighs> but, like, you know, he was delighting in pushing buttons, literally. Huh? Oh, yeah, his yeah. faces. Um, and that's you something else. You used the word adorable. He was adorable. <laughs> he is. 
I'm okay admitting this, podcast listeners. Um, yeah. You know, Aster was like, oh, they're so easily entertained. And I'm like, dude, being easily entertained is great. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like I have this thing. It makes noise. I'll just push the buttons. It's like, cool. And then uh, when he was scratching nails on the, his uh, fingernails on the chalkboard. Yeah. Again, it's just all about his expressions and how much delight he's taken from this like really simple activity. Well, yeah. you know, along the same lines as the fact that Ernest seems like he's getting less development than the other characters, part of it is also just because so many of these, like the nails on the chalkboard, are just like reused ad gags. Know. Like yeah. we already were, we as we're Ernest with them. connoisseurs, we're already familiar with them. <laughs> That's right. A lot of my I notes mean, are just like, this is the knife gag from camp. The knife gag? This is, yeah. But in the case it. of the ads, is it actually reused footage? No, it's just the okay. reused gag. It's, it's shot new for this, but it's the same gags. The okay. only time it's reused footage is the bunny with the eyes and I think the Valentine's, the Valentine's Day, Day chocolate. one is okay. but I love the Ernest gag still oh sure actually the chalkboard one I really like because he's explaining Velcro in <laughs> such in a, it's so sweet Velcro is like these two little pads that's got little hooks on them hooks like this there's a drawing of Velcro and then there's a drawing of two little hooks and arrows pointing each hook to each other. Like these are going to link. It's cute that he wants to explain Velcro to someone. And then like, yeah, the miming he's doing with the fake string is really cute. Potato chip bag that turns out to be empty is an ad thing. And it's it's just all his faces. And I, I thought he was very on point, at least in one of the bits, because he was holding up like a lunch thermos. Oh, a ther thermos. Right. In my opinion, these lunch bottles are the smartest objects on earth because they keep hot things hot and cold things cold. But how does it know? He's personal. He's like... Personification of like an object. Yeah, he's making like they're thinking sentient beings. He sees everything as a You're person. so smart. <laughs> you put something hot in, it stays hot. Again, he admires intelligence, yeah. even if it's an inanimate objects. But Aster has to bring it down and say... It doesn't know, Ernest. It assumes. But it doesn't know. It assumes. First of all, Aster, what are you even talking know. about? That's not even true. That's yeah. not science at all. <laughs> he is no, very that's wrong. Not, no, that's <laughs> not it. Like he's just pretending to be smarter than Ernest. At least Ernest is asking a question. You know, at least Ernest has a thirst for and knowledge. Is impressed with the science of it all. And like is interested in the way things work. At least he's asking, as opposed to Aster, who's just being an Aster. Sure. You know, like <laughs> what an Aster. Who is more valuable to society, really? The person that wants to know or the person that just sits there going, <laughs> I'm better. I'm assuming that's rhetorical. It is rhetorical. Okay. There are a couple of uh, earnest bits that I thought were very telling and interesting. One of them, obviously, is um, so there's two sketches with Bobo the puppet. The first one oh, yeah, is, yeah. The, is uh, the puppet talking while Ernest drinks water. And it seems like the voice that the puppet had was maybe that actress who plays Skeeter. I had the same thought that Ernest starts drinking water and the puppet starts talking and it's not Jim Barney's voice. It's just a, a woman doing like a voice. Here I am stuck in this man's hand and I can't do anything about it. Can somebody get me out of here? Don't just tell any that. Just shut up. It's hard enough to get this job. It would help if this video had credits of any kind that we could refer to. <laughs> nope. So that's the first part. So in the second puppet sketch, which uh, I would like to point out is called Puppet Tears. Oh, <laughs> Which I did not get at that first. Just I was got like, the puppet's now. sad. Oh. And that's where Dang. Bobo drinks a glass of water while Jim Varney talks. <laughs> yeah. And, and what Jim what, Varney does. What would he say, David? Oh, I can't what even, could what could this man possibly say if he's just speaking? I don't know, maybe an iconic soliloquy from Hamlet? <laughs> Shakespeare? Yeah. What, was that part of the soliloquy? You don't say. Oh, that this too solid flesh would melt, yeah. 
Oh, that this too, too solid flesh would melt, thaw and resolve itself into a... <laughs> Bobo, you're choking. <laughs> My note on this was Shakespeare alert. Yeah. Because Jim Barney is speaking. Can we have some kind of like a klaxon or something? <laughs> we need a kind of yeah. Shakespeare alert. Every Shakespeare time Jim alert, Barney Shakespeare starts doing alert. Shakespeare. No, 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 Shakespeare alert. <laughs> Can that just be the Shakespeare alert? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like, Aster- Shakespeare, yay! Because Jim Barney freakishly remembers all of his Shakespeare. Wouldn't you? No! <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, and yes, Aster is not Aster impressed. Aster is not impressed, no. I feel like Aster probably doesn't even realize that Ernest was reciting Shakespeare. Oh, I, I oh, would no. not be surprised. I bet he, it totally went over his head. Because Ernest Otherwise, just he would have been like, to be or not to be, common. <laughs> yeah. That's Ernest not bad. just offhandedly just starts reciting a bit of Shakespeare. You know, because, whatever. Because everyone does that. Yeah. No, they don't, Ernest. And Bobo Ernest, chokes on ooh. water. And yeah, true. Ernest <laughs> was going to give him CPR, but they tragically mouth cut to away. Mouth. Yeah. mouth to mouth, excuse yeah. me, yes. Speaking of Astra's wraparounds with relation to Ernest, there's another one that I found very telling, and oh, I would yeah. like to I would like to read I that. I found all the things Astor said about Ernest I, I pretty telling. I mostly wrote down quotes in my yeah, notes. Yeah, <laughs> I found everything Astor said very telling. So this is a sketch called Inquisitive Minds, and Astor says about Ernest. Mm-hmm. The common man's reluctance to read books. He claims the words turn into little dancing men that jump off the page just before he blacks out. So he fills his cranium to capacity with tabloid trivia. He claims that the words turn into little dancing men who jump off the page before he blacks out. Oh, that's right. And this is Astor talking about Ernest reading a book. Right. Or you see Ernest trying to read a book and falling asleep. Yes. So the last thing of yours that I listened to podcast-wise is I was halfway through Ernest Goes to Jail and y'all talked about is Ernest dyslexic. Right. And I was like, this would imply it is because words like jumping around on a page is one of the symptoms that gets reported if you're dyslexic. Oh my god! Yep. Yes, the words turning into little dancing men. And Astor says this derisively about Ernest, that he they claim that the words turn into little dancing men. Like, if that's what Ernest said, I believe then him. that's a symptom of dyslexia. He's probably not lying, which is crazy, yeah. Yeah, because like... I didn't realize that was one of the symptoms. Well, it, it there's a bunch of different ones, but uh, it kind of depends on like the typeset. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like certain, like the placement of words, like the spaces between the words. like oh, it can, turning. How, yeah, kerning. Ooh, fancy talk. Valerie, Um, clearly you mean kerning. I do mean kerning. But, uh, like, justified font can be problematic Mm -hmm. for for people with dyslexia. But um, it can be, like, the font itself, the words on a page, how close they are together. So I thought it was interesting that he then can read a tabloid because I'm assuming those words were much bigger. Yeah. And had a different uh, font Crazy large, giant headlines. And maybe, you know, just, like, And more pictures. Yeah. Oh, and that is something thing you know like you have trouble parsing like individual parts of words like you can't really see the letters uh but you can use like pictures to kind of like figure out what the story is telling you if you're having trouble with individual words so oh it, it does go in with so your theory totally so i thought it was funny because i had just dyslexic. heard that episode yeah but that's what i mean like it's again this thing where it's like people assuming that Ernest is stupid when it's not that 
simple. Right. And actually, in terms of Ernest reading the tabloid then, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I had talked earlier a bit about how I'm always trying to figure out where the stuff that comes out of Ernest's mouth is coming from. And you you often retort by saying you don't believe he's lying. And I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But what Ernest reading the tabloid bit made me think was that the child portions of his brain believe things that adults tell him because why would adults lie in that very childlike way? And I feel like him reading a tabloid is like kind of like that where he's just like he's being very incredulous about this. This is in here and it's someone wrote it. It must be true. Yeah. So I feel like that's another way that things get into Ernest's brain and then are like jumbled up and come back out later at bizarre times. This is the first time it's ever been like shown that Ernest reads a tabloid. Yes. But it makes total sense. Oh, yes. Well, another um, symptom of dyslexia is that you you have trouble reading the words and sometimes uh, your brain will substitute an alternative word. Oh, and so it's it's one of it can be one of two things. It'll you can substitute a word that sounds similar. Or you could substitute a word that has a similar meaning. Okay, you are blowing my mind. Yeah, right I've, now. I've actually have read a book on dyslexia, and and this is some of the things that I remember. This is that is something that he does. Yeah, which Frequently. actually is was Jim Varney dyslexic? Because I was going to ask that next. That's not uncommon for. I mean, a lot of celebrities have. Been. I um yes, I've I've heard that a lot of celebrities do have it. Um, the thing about Jim Varney is that there's the thing where he read a whole bunch of encyclopedias and remembered everything in them. Okay, if you if you're if he could do that, he probably wasn't you dyslexic. You never become like a really solid reader. Like you always have trouble with it because it's always. I think the he part likes of your brain just read. can't do that. So probably so, not. Maybe he just read the encyclopedia entry about dyslexia. Maybe and was but, like, I know how to play this character. This is my actor's secret. Ernest uh, is dyslexic. That is crazy. That like that makes total sense. And now Ernest's all of Ernest's malapropisms. Makes yeah. sense. Like that would be like What's him substituting malapropisms. <laughs> Say it again. Malapropisms. <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense. Okay, okay. Well, now I firmly believe that Ernest is dyslexic. Thank you for that. You have clarified and broken this wide open for the second time today. <laughs> yeah. You're two for two, Valerie. Oh man. What else does Ernest do? Well, I love that he reads. The thing he reads in the tabloid is that people are coming for his people's brains, and he oh, yells, yeah. "I've got to hide my brain." He hides it at the lost and found that Auntie Nelda. <laughs> works at. I thought about that too. Yep. He was so panicked. I mean, going back to Ernest's sort of showmanshipiness, there's another sketch called Something's Fishy. Oh, okay. I want to talk about this one. Where yeah. Ernest, <laughs> Ernest, we come into it when Ernest is uh, next to a fishbowl and he says, I speak fluent fish and notice that my lips will never leave the surface of my face. That is exactly like something Doctor Who says. I speak fluent fish. He would say those exact words. He said things that Doctor Who said was, like, I speak horse, I speak baby. These are literal, baby. <laughs> literal verbatim so things. So does Ernest literal, as a baby. Literal verbatim things that Doctor Who has said. Ernest saying, I speak fluent fish, again, is a Doctor Who thing. Sorry. He just continues to be Doctor Who. I just like the, the joke, and notice that my lips will never <laughs> leave the surface of my face. That's like uh, that's hilarious. At, at no time do the fingers leave the hands. It's <laughs> yeah. Sort of like I like, laughed out loud at that. It's like bad magic. Yeah, which is something that we already know. Be it, impressed exists by nothing in the Ernest universe. Then he does some lip movements to the fish, and then he says, "I just said hi. My name is Ernest P. Worrell, or something like that." And then the fish like squirts at him. And Ernest says, well, at least he got the middle initial, initial right. right. Well, I'm like, okay. I say, are they saying that that fish peed, peed. on yes. Ernest? I think that was Absolutely. the implication. <laughs> Correct. Which 
He also had a look what? of disgust on his face as he wiped the wetness oh, away. Oh, gosh. If any of our listeners work in an aquarium or are marine biologists. I don't pee on you that way. Like, infant that's male what I wanted to know pee about. on you that yes. way. Like, you can get squirted by a, a male like a, like infant. Like a baby Ernest. That would have been a weird short if it was baby but, Ernest peeing but on his own fish. Ernest. But, yeah, Ernest is saying that. <laughs> How would that even work? No, that's not impossible. <laughs> I have my biggest laughs out loud that we've also talked about. My biggest laughs were notice that my lips never leave the surface of my face. I've got to hide my brain. They have rice hitting himself in the face with his imaginary string. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's there's Ernest's wholesale destruction of what I'm assuming is Vern's wine cellar. Oh, yeah. Those are the things that get a reaction out of Aster. Like, yeah. the things He's that get a reaction upset. out of Aster <laughs> is Ernest's nails on the chalkboard really upset Aster. I agree. And then Ernest... In the wine cellar where Astra says, don't ever let a commoner in your wine cellar. Can't even pronounce this one. He says their sense of value is somewhat distorted, which I feel like is something that we've said when people look at Ernest. Yeah. And this is also a situation where Ernest is uh, digging through a wine cellar that is cobweb laden. And Yeah. Uh, well, then how ver- often is Vern down there? I, I don't know. But not he's often. He's searching for- I was like, for- if he's in a wheelchair, maybe not ever. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest, Ernest carried him down the stairs. <laughs> Ernest pushed him down the stairs. But no, his, his search is actually for grape soda, which he does find. Yeah. And then describes as if it's like a fine wine. Oh, yes. Delightfully understated yet playfully demure. Previously, he said this about Sprite, I believe. Sprite, Vern. In an ad? Again, yes. This is an ad gag, which that's what they did for all of Ernest's bits. They're all ad gag concepts that they're redoing without an actual um, Now, why why would he, in an ad, rub a balloon on his face? That, okay, that is something... You know, I would believe that that was also an ad gag because there were literally thousands of Ernest ads. Sure. And we've only seen maybe a few hundred, a couple hundred. Yeah, something like that. Do you think it was advertising balloons? I don't know or what really he could have been advertising. <laughs> but there is a spot where uh, Aster is talking about static electricity and how the plebeian is entertained by it. And then we just get Ernest rubbing a balloon against his face. And my my note on this is Ernest and a balloon. Because he starts out like rubbing it against his hair and then it kind of escalates to where he's just like groping the balloon and trying to keep it close to his face. Well, what I couldn't figure out is was the idea that the balloon was so static charged that it was sticking uh, to his face. And he kind couldn't of, get it off? Kind of like static electricity and he became a magnet. I I wasn't sure. I wasn't Maybe. sure if it was stuck to him because it looked like he was pulling it closer towards him. Sure. Like really like trying, like overtly like trying to get it as close to his body as possible uh i don't i really know why but the faces he made made me laugh. yeah, it, yeah. it's it's irrelevant yeah it's it was pure physical humor funny yeah um, pure science but i do like that aster says test yourself for common amusement by trying this at home unless of course you own a book test yourself for commonness Which, by seeing if you're entertained by static electricity can we just say we know Ernest owns books. Yeah. He definitely has at least one book called Great Dogs and uh, Science. Yeah. Well, it's a library book. He doesn't own it. But All right. I'm sure it was long overdue. Like his accolades. Well, he, we know he owns that book he was trying to read in this thing. Yeah. And the fact Before that he, he was trying to read it and then oh, gave up. Oh, yes. It's kind of sad, like a that little heartbreaking that Ernest was trying to read this thick book and then like blacked out and started reading the tabloid that he could understand. Mm. It's just like, oh, Ernest. He tried. There was an attempt. This is again, it's coming off of school. It's like Ernest is intelligent and people just don't understand the way his brain works. Right. They want it to work a certain way and he can't make it do that. But he is interested in things. 
things and genuinely wants to know how Velcro works and wants to impart knowledge about how Velcro and works. And is genuinely smart. Yeah. There was only one more bit I wanted to talk about that was just Ernest trying to figure out if the refrigerator light stays oh, on. Oh, that was cute. Which one thing I do appreciate about this is actually that I get to see a bunch of ad gags without the products being named. They do stand on their own. Yeah. He's asking, does the refrigerator light stay on when the door is closed? And then he keeps like quickly opening the door and like trying to catch it with the light off. And it's just the faces that he makes. It's They're a, just it's a really very cute. earnest question it's to very- ask. I enjoy how inquisitive he is. Well, I was actually just going to say that. It's like Ernest's search for knowledge. That's what I and mean. And he, he, ha- he does it in a very like roundabout, like, oh, Ch- Ernest sort of way. way. Technically, he was using the scientific method, right? His experiment was <laughs> right. to open the fridge door to try it again to see if he could confuse the fridge get, into not having the light be on. Yep. But like he was experimenting. And trying to get repeatable results. Yes. Yeah. He was incorrect in his like hypothesis. Right. That it's always on. But yeah. I appreciate that he tried to figure it out and that he asked. I prefer someone ask than someone that just didn't care. Or someone, you yeah. might say, that just assumed that they knew it all right? and were above everyone <laughs> it else. Assumes. Yes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know, Ernest. It assumes. No, you're assuming, Aster. But you're hot, so it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have another Shakespeare alert. There's two Koi bits where Koi is giving his response to like just like Various general concepts. subjects. Yeah. There's two where they ask him about politics and he's like nuke him. But then there's another one where all of his responses to these various topics are I don't know. Yeah, that's like, one called no, no. economy of words. Ah, he, like, nice. Rubs his face. He sniffs. Or, or uh, he rubs his hand against his nose. Sniffs. Yeah. Philosophy. I don't know. Economics. I don't know. Sports. Bears. Bears. I I love the way he says bears. Bears. (laughs) But I could be wrong, but I think it's after that bit that Astor says something like... And to think William Shakespeare worked a lifetime on something you could butcher in seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that that comment didn't accompany Ernest actually reciting Using Shakespeare. Shakespeare, yeah. But, like, maybe it got swapped around. Well, what Astor's reaction to Ernest doing Shakespeare felt like was sort of like, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not acknowledging the content, sort of. Yeah. So, um, can I tell you how I, I thought this should have ended? Oh, okay, yes, please. Or how yeah. I was hoping. Well, how bef- the, before this you, story, this very... Before this you, story be- that had a clear beginning, middle, and <laughs> yeah. end. It does not. That's what we yeah. should say. There's no... Nope. There's, there's two bookend title cards that say your world there's as I world, see it. There's a world, like a kind <laughs> yeah. of glowing world. Is it spinning or... Very slowly. It feels yeah. like a, like a stock news graphic. Yeah. And and then you're just immediately taken to Aster in his... Study or whatever it is. Study. Yeah. Masterpiece theory. Yes. So I guess he says his last derisive thing about, I don't know, who was in the last sketch? Was it Ernest? The last sketch. Oh, it was because it was the Thanksgiving. It's Ernest carving the turkey with the chainsaw, which is also an Ernest ad gag. Table etiquette is optional. This is Astor Clement suffering through your world as I see it. (laughs) So it kind of slow dollies or zooms out, and I thought it should keep slowly backing away from him to reveal more of his study. Uh-huh. And as he's still mali- maniacally <laughs> doing his evil laugh. And then, you know, as it zooms out, we can kind of see what we know is there, which must be a fireplace uh-huh. and probably a cart with like wine on it. Sure. And, and I'm sure many bookshelves. But then I thought in the foreground, like what if he had 
the heads of each of these characters <laughs> what? on the walls. And it was like he had, you know, hunted these common people. And then they're labeled underneath with things like Red Neckus Americanus. Dear Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> So it's, this is like some sort. What? Wait, are, like he's the hunter of human. Well, I have. Yikes. With man is the the greatest game, but I have oh. a follow up question. So is this some sort of Futurama situation where all of the heads are still alive and like? Uh, I don't no, think so. I was I'm, imagining she's thinking them, mountain he- mounted heads. I was on, thinking like mounted right. heads yeah. with like rednecus americanus. That is like um, he bone is, chilling. I mean, they're clearly not human in his mind. So why like not? Like you know, a murderer, he's a he's like got so much material. What else is he going to do with it? Then hunt man for then sport. Then hunt man for sport and put the heads on oh. the wall. In I his don't study. think I can get behind serial murderer <laughs> Aster Clement. I think he's ultimately harmless. I would One say would though, hope. but that is the most bone chilling thing I've if, ever heard. If that was the real ending to this video, this would be the greatest video I've ever seen in my life. No, because I love that you went there (laughs) mentally. Oh, I did. No, I saw it in my head, actually, as you're saying that I was thinking it would zoom out and you continue to zoom out. And then the bookshelf background behind Aster would just be a facade that had been put up. Oh, yeah. And it's just (laughs) earnest. And then he just like walks over to his kitchen. He's like, and what do you think, Bart? That's pretty good, too. It's just earnest. I also thought like. In a similar way, it could uh, zoom out and then you see that it's all a facade, right? Because he's mm-hmm. just, he's a tool. Like he's, yeah. there's nothing genuine about right him tool. or what he says. And almost like it was like he's on a stage and like a TV show and there's an audience, but there's no one in the audience <laughs> because no one wants to listen to him talk. <laughs> I mean, that would line up with the questionable VHS box saying that Aster Clement is Ernest's alter ego. I, I think it might be Ernest. Actually, I'm going to posit a, a potential ending for this. Because he can't be real. He's either Ernest's supposedly dead cousin Jaime. <laughs> yes, I also <laughs> I like love that, that idea. Or he's Ernest putting on a, a show. Because that is what Ernest would think rich people were, or possibly. Just, but just not Maybe even not. Ernest, That's but just kind of cynical Aster. For Ernest, no, like, like he himself is putting on a show thinking, oh, well, the common people will want to listen to me and insult them. But well, no one's yeah, going I think to his Aster show. Is because, overcompensating. because he's nonsense and mm-hmm. his show would be nonsense and everything he says is nonsense. Maybe. Like Aster is like a guy on local access TV and he's just pontificating. Maybe this is how, no one. if Ernest is Aster, Maybe this is how Ernest works through all of like the barrage of insults that he gets from oh, people on a regular basis. So he just puts. He, oh, that would be really. He fills sad. a wine decanter and he's like, he's. I'm just gonna vent. And just gonna yeah. exactly. He, exactly. he takes the- on another persona to deal with his traumas. Well, as we've seen, I Ernest think that's a, thing a is an actor, and B monologues to get through pain. We already know he's been Aster once. That's true. So then at the end, does it slow zoom out, and then he just starts weeping? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and it starts raining. I think in the studio. Yeah, so no one can see your tears. I think he feels better and he's like, I'm good. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to posit my own alternate ending now that you guys have both gone. And I think this will answer a lot of the questions that we've had about this. Great. Uh, my alternate ending is it pulls back from Aster. He does his like smarmy laugh. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, it fades to the title card that says your world as I see it and has the earth. 
And then what happens is credits start to roll and tell us <laughs> who worked on this film, <laughs> what, well, it was, what, what it was for, okay. when, 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 why this was it made, are, are Ernest and Astra credited as two different things? How does that work? Why? Most why? What? I don't, what is this? That's, you know, Dave. I mean, of all of our theories, that was definitely the most ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, What can I say? That's your world as I see it. I also think we need to just do the Aster laugh. Like one of us start (laughs) and then. (laughs) (laughs) That's insufferable. Yes. I love Aster Clement. I'm okay with Koi. Bunny scares me. Baby Ernest is brilliant. Baby Ernest is brilliant. Still we have learned brilliant. That, yeah. We've confirmed basically for me, it's confirmed to me that Ernest is dyslexic. Oh yeah. I, I accept that. Accepted. We need a stamp, like confirmed. Boom. Ernest goes to podcast. But probably not Jim Varney. Probably not. But I know Jim Varney, he didn't really do well in school in terms of grades, but he was very obviously very smart. Mm -hmm. Oh, undoubtedly. So there's a similarity there. Oh, sure. And it definitely feeds like the running theme of like questioning the validity of academia that is omnipresent in these films. Which is, it's fair. And this video cassette. Which describes Astra as overeducated, as if there is such a thing. And I suppose there is. There is when you think that those letters you know behind your name because mm-hmm. you got certain degrees make you better than everyone else yeah. it's like yeah at that point you are overeducated <laughs> and, and Astra Clement is overeducated in all like the nebulous ephemeral ways that mm-hmm. don't really mean anything like he's, he's all show and no substance he can recycle big problems he but- yes well <laughs> He can use big words, but he probably provides nothing positive to the world. Yeah, the way basically. that yep. you know, mechanics or beauticians who don't kill working people, class people. Do, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> Ernest is a positive impact on the world. Absolutely, almost certainly, as I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Aster. Let me just say, he's looking good in his suit and his slick back hair and his glasses and his hands front and center, looking good. But he hunts people for sport. No, he, that, you made that up. <laughs> <laughs> and also- I mean, I, don't, I, I wouldn't say Valerie made it up. I think what we can say is that she just felt it as a sort of like an interpretation of, yeah, of the content. Yeah, I really, to me, that seemed like <laughs> the, the rest of the story. <laughs> Anything is possible in the world of Ernest P. Worrell. Yeah. And this is Ernest's world as we see it. Well, that was more enlightening than it had any right to be. I mean, that's our podcast. Yeah. Part of the reason I'm so annoyed with this VHS box oh. cover is just because like I was expecting it to give answers and it did not it at all. It raised more questions. Correct, correct. Yeah. One thing that we find with all of the earnest media is that oftentimes there's so much that's left to audience interpretation. Hence podcast. Hence podcast. Um, <laughs> it's that same thing again where like stuff will be either contradictory or just like a throwaway line or stated and then immediately glossed over. And it, all you can really do is sit around and scratch your head and go, okay, well, we have this piece of information and this piece of information. Yeah. They don't really fit <laughs> together or sources, or make any sense. Puzzles, yeah. We don't know if it's like an intentional thing or someone was just like, eh, yeah, throw that in there. It's funny. Yeah, we are putting together a puzzle made of various different sized puzzles. Yes. And the pieces are all jumbled and together. And we don't know what the picture on the box looks like and we don't know how <laughs> many pieces are missing. Well, and the picture on the box does not match the it contents of the puzzle box the therein. Of the puzzle 
this is very true. Dr. Otto, get out of here. And that is Ernest Goes to Podcast, episode 12, Your World as I See It. Thank you, Valerie, for joining us on this this fact-finding journey. We found no facts. But we no, found but hypothes- shattering yeah. hypotheses. Yeah, you, you, you brought your A game, and that's <laughs> yeah, always totally. appreciated here. It was fun. Would do again. I highly recommend this video. Um, I do too. I really enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed the performance of Astor Clement just because he's so jarringly different from Ernest. Yeah. And it's fun to shove Astor in people's faces and like go like, look, it's Ernest, and have them be really confused. I mean, and it's 22 minutes. It's a quick watch. Yeah. 27. It's 27 minutes. It's a quick watch. Check it out. It's great fun. You can't Absolutely. beat a Jim Varney showcase. No. He's very talented. He is very talented. He's very talented. <laughs> well, so Aaron, what's, uh, what's coming up next after our next extra? On the pike. Up the pike. A film that I have a soft spot for. Oh, oh no, is this, is this what I think it is? Is this what I think it is? Slam dunk oh, artist. Yay. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm guessing that you don't care for it. I'm looking forward to seeing it again, having gone through this podcast journey with As you. As we get further into this journey, you know, we are going to get, we might have more uh, complicated feelings about Sure. We come to Ernest with different uh, intentions. And I think what I'm looking forward to seeing is kind of like with the last couple of movies, what I was not aware of in terms of the Ernest nuts and bolts, uh-huh. how that informs this film. Mm, I'm just hanging out with Ernest. Yep, I know and you I are. And I think as long as he's Ernest, I'm good. Yep. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Thank you, listeners. Thank you for listening so much. Thank you for keeping up with us this far. This is episode 12. We're close to the end. I can't believe this is episode 12. The end is nigher and nigher. It has been a journey, and I feel like we're still finding things. There's still things to unpack. I'm a little worried that people are going to be like, that's not at all how dyslexia works. (laughs) Ah, whatever. Thanks for listening. Check us out on iTunes. Subscribe on iTunes and rate and review us on iTunes. It helps people find the podcast and we want people to continue finding the podcast and enjoy Ernest with us. Follow us on Facebook and Tumblr and Twitter. Leave us a comment on any of the various social medias and we'll see you for episode 13, Lucky 13. <laughs> Goodbye, David. Goodbye, Aaron. Take care, Valerie. Bye, guys. Viva LaVarney. Viva LaVarney.